Hi, you're listening to Trash Talk with Amber. I'm joined today with Anita. Uh, I keep wanting to say Anita, darling, because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's sweet. It, it, I'm a big Disney fan, and uh, when in 101 Dalmatians, uh, Cruella Deville's throwback, uh, she she talks uh, the the his his wife um, with the dogs is called Anita, and she just says Anita, darling. So Anita, welcome. I've been spending a lot of time with you. Hi, welcome. Um, yeah, nice to be here. I, I'm super happy that you're here uh, because you come from Germany and Germans handle their waste uh, way differently than Americans. Now, hold on now. I am also here. Oh, Tarver. So, I, Tarver. I wasn't sure if you were going to This is Anita or not. Peterson because she's my stepmom. You use my dad's last name, right? No, I don't. You don't? All right. I still carry my maiden name. You still carry your maiden name? Yes. Uh, Did you guys fight about that, or is that just... That's a mistake that happened. (laughs) (laughs) When I I first arrived here, my English wasn't well enough, and all the forms I had to fill out. Yeah. uh, They were asking me certain questions about my previous uh, last names, and I didn't know in which line I've got to fill in my maiden name, so I just filled in one of them lines with... um, my maiden name, yeah. and it turned out to be my future name here in the United States, and that's, yeah, um, based on my misunderstanding of the filling in the forms, right, oh, correctly. Okay. So, I think um, of you as Anita Peterson, but I got to ask, what, what is your, your, your maiden name? Scheller. Scheller. Oh, my, yes. Um, in, um, it's nicer I, than Peterson. I, I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love the ocean very much. Yeah. And um, Scheller is, at least, includes, a, in, involves a little bit of uh, the things that I love so much, which are se- shells. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I'm at the beach, I do collect shells, yeah. and I make wind chimes out of them and hang them up in the trees here in Georgia, uh, where I live now. And... Um, just enjoy any kind of artwork uh, that you're I'm you're a natural create. collector i'm a natural collector yes. and i driftwood and, and all sorts of stuff rocks driftwood Ooh. seashells depending on where you are yeah. could yeah. be considered <laughs> trash i've seen people throw away but i've come to know you as a collector of trash in a sense well, i do love trash other people's trash is my treasure <laughs> Literally, yes. like you do, you do artwork off of of found pieces, right? I definitely do. Yes, yeah. uh, pieces that I find in the, um, on the side of the road. For example, back when I was living in Florida, we were driving around in the neighborhood. Oh, I was just driving around in the neighborhood, um, enjoying the good weather and the blue skies. And I do have a convertible, so uh, riding around is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I saw a little playhouse, a children's playhouse, uh, with um, damaged legs laying in a ditch. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't really have a nice chicken coop yet. <laughs> so, uh, we, so I went back to our property, got the truck, and loaded up the playhouse, painted it, made a little window on the side, and... Um, um, Gathered some bamboo sticks and tied those up, and um, which became the door. 
and uh, any kind of board that I found, I just painted a picture on it and hung it inside. So the chickens, when they're inside, they can see it, their uh, family members. So, all in all, I got many stories to tell about trash, how I um, make a piece of art mm-hmm. out of trash that I originally found in the ditch, and it doesn't cost me much, and it is my, um, I'm aiming to the goal that I do not want to spend a single dime on my hard-earned um, money. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're realizing that you can just use everyone else's waste. Exactly. And mm-hmm. for me now, it's like going out of the way to go and buy something. It's like, like that's harder than just seeing what's available. And you have a very artistic eye in which you can just pick up something, paint it, see it, use something else. And I love hearing your stories and keep talking about that trash. Um, we've been making elephant ear bird baths um and i want to thank you just side note like because you've been teaching me a little artistic style um but it's because i want to learn how to make things so that i can better utilize trash in a way i mean i want to i see construction materials or boards um one thing that we've been using is screens like screen, like screen doors, like, like the wire, like a porch screen door yeah. and stuff. The, the, the wire. Um, so, uh, the first one broke. All learning experience. Uh, well, how do you use really that? Good. How do you use that for an elephant ear? I need to stabilize the concrete. Okay. okay. You um, use wiring. Okay. And um, since it's uh, free material uh-huh. that uh, we can get from old door screens or old window screens, I'll just add that in the concrete yeah. to stabilize it. That makes sense. Yeah. And I was driving around the other week, and I saw someone had a screen door, and so I, I went out there, and I peeled all the wire apart, and I I could have used the metal, but I, I placed it neatly back uh, onto the dirt, but I, I, very, I diminished someone's waste pile and right now i have in preparation for making an elephant another elephant ear bird bath i have screen that i've saved from the landfill and so i am very excited to use that in my next bird bath and that's it's just it's so simple like it's something that you you need it you can use it in your art and it came from someone's trash and so I've, I've seen you use things like that. Um, another thing that I love is that you, you do have chickens. And we were eating pasta the other night, and I didn't finish my pasta. And you said, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be chicken food the next morning. That's right, yeah. They love all the leftovers. I don't have any leftovers um, because chickens are uh, – they love everything. <laughs> they even eat their, their siblings if necessary. So if I have some chicken left over, I just throw it out and mm-hmm. uh, they're going to pick on it. They, they eat it all up. Yeah. Uh, so there is no waste. And all the organic waste that I have when I peel a potato and it's a raw potato, um, sure, chickens won't eat such thing. But I do have a big compost pile, which was my very first thing I asked my today's husband. 
Pete. Today's husband. <laughs> right. Back then, he was still my boyfriend. And, you better uh, watch out. Yeah. Might not be tomorrow's husband. <laughs> yeah, <my> today's husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I asked Pete um, to uh, build me a compost. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in the first house that we lived in when I moved over here because I definitely found it necessary and I just didn't want to trash. I didn't want to put organic stuff that can be used later on for gardening and to fertilize my flowers and um, um, that I just can bring in the circle of life. I can bring it back in the circle of life. Um, I, I uh, There is something in me and I, I just cannot take organics and put them in a big trash pan, pin and um, let it go on the landmine and uh, just bin. Yeah. And that is, you, Not used again. you just said it, like the a circular life uh, or a circular economy. Like a, the circular loop is something that's really growing uh, in the way that we think about our trash. So a lot of people in the past have, have thought that they could put a banana peel or, or their organics into the trash and then somehow it gets returned back to the earth. Like it, it, it makes that circular loop, but that's just not true. We actually have to return it back to the earth in its way but it, it's something that would say that saves us precious landfill space because we have we don't have so much of it and so when we can divert our food waste and our organic waste and create something out of it uh without creating more wasteful stuff i mean it it just seems like the right it is the right thing to do i just call it the circle of life yeah and uh, bring it back to where you originally have gotten it from um, me being from Germany, that's the way we uh, we are raised. Yeah. Um, bring it, put it back mm. where you have gotten it at. If it is the scissors or um, any other toy, the hammer, um, you always got to put up your stuff where you originally have found where, where you it where you, where you took it, it. Mm-hmm. took it back where you found it, and um, pretty much the same is for me when it comes to trash. Yeah. Because, you know, earlier we, we talked about your particular use of, like, trash and found objects for art and that way of recycling. But as you just said, you're from Germany, and the culture surrounding recycling there is significantly different than the one here. It's so, a complete 180 of the way Americans view. Yeah. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's incorporated mm-hmm. into yeah. who you are. That's all the way back to the beginning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, when I first toured the States in 2011, and I was just on my own, um, I did everything on a bicycle um, because that's the transportation I am. I was used to. You drove. You were riding on a bicycle in Macon. I was riding on a bicycle in Macon. I was uh, standing out there. Yeah, I think about how dangerous that is, how we uh, aren't equipped for that. I didn't see that part. Yeah, I didn't see that part. Me being from from a bicycle country. country, um, That is a very normal transportation Mm -hmm. for me. And um, I didn't see any issue with it. I didn't use it at nighttime because I didn't have any lights on it. Mm-hmm. So I had to be back before dark, but there wasn't a problem. All my things that I wanted to see or that I wanted to do, I was able to do during daytime. Um, and uh, I was 
very surprised, um, specifically when I went to the grocery store. Um, me being on the bicycle, I always had my backpack with me. So I never had the question. There was never the question, where am I going to storage my purchase? Yeah. It was always in the backpack. Um, and uh, Can you do that? At the checkout? Yeah, can you yes. just, you can just bring I, your backpack? I always, yes, I always have a backpack in my in my trunk now. Oh, okay. I'm and, glad that you asked Harvard because, it, so I want everyone to know that out there, yes, you can. Uh, you can you can hit the a little button that says bring your own bags, but that's something that you can think of, you know, if you're just going to the store or riding your bike or, or what have you, like you don't have to get that plastic bag. Because I'd be and, worried they'd think I was stealing. And I was I've thought with a of, mm-hmm. that's yeah. been a, a big occurrence of mine in the past, and it, it's like no, this is this is a way of life. Like you it, you know you're you're buying it, and as long as you put it in your backpack after you're buying it. It's okay, and I don't want people to be scared because I've had friends that I and I've seen them open up their backpack after they've made the purchase and put it in there, and for some reason that made me scared and nervous, and it shouldn't mm-hmm. make me scared and nervous. It should just be a way of life because it's a way of life everywhere. It should be a normal picture, yes. Yeah. It should be something you are so familiar with that you do not even think about it anymore. Yeah. Um, you do not... Um, you do not get the service that somebody packs your backpack. You have to right. do it on your own. Yeah. But it saves all the plastic around it. And, um, yeah. They were even surprised that I had my bell pepper and all the veggies that I bought, that I had them singular in my hand, the onion. Uh, I didn't pack it in plastic. Why should I? Yeah. It's an organic thing, and it, it doesn't have to be wrapped in plastic first just because I'm walking to the checkout. You're going to um, wash it later my anyway. T- I'm going to wash it anyway. Right. Yeah. Or eat it as it, as it is. But, yeah. If you, you just you, eat it straight yeah, up. The yeah, dirt makes you stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does, yes. And, uh, and I'm glad you said that because I have looked at my trash when I'm going through grocery stores. And for me, the big part is just bringing my reusable bags. But I've also noticed how much other waste I generate just shopping like a a normal American and if I get one or two lemons I don't have to put them they they have a sticker on them I don't have to put them in a plastic bag and if I also add a lime or a bell pepper I don't have to separate those things into a, a separate plastic bag they can just be what they are I'm not I'm I'm from this moment on, I'm not getting any more of those little plastic bags for vegetables. They're definitely not necessary. I'm just going to let it sit in the cart. Mm-hmm. And even if you buy a head of lettuce, yeah, um, you do not eat the very uh, the very outer leaves anyway. So why should it be in plastic? Just take it the way it is. Now I take should put them in the dang old um, drawers in my fridge mm-hmm. to like store them because when I leave them out just like open air, they seem to get a little nasty. The best yeah. way to s- store it actually would be in a paper bag uh, in your crisper. But I find that when I put things What's in that, that, the the crisper drawer, oh, is that what they're for called? specifically for your your vegetables and your fruit. Okay. Um, That's fancy. When I <laughs> when I put them in there, I tend to forget about them, and that makes more waste because I don't see them. Like I have to, I oh, open. Have to throw them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 
it depends and it's just it's all for me a part of being mindfulness um about. yes i believe that is the major point where we all have to start thinking about um i even believe that recycling or using up all the resources that you've got has to do something with your refrigerator and you can train yourself not uh, overloading it mm-hmm. with items that you're not getting ready you, you cannot eat all that stuff so one third of it goes back in the land pile. that's just how it is here yeah yeah and we always yeah like that, and there is a there is a big big tendency here in america specifically that it is an overpurchase right, right. of items that are not necessary. Um, in Germany, or I, th- I even think in whole Europe, there is no way where you can buy a whole gallon of milk. Really? You get them by the liter, which is a which is a liter is a third of a gallon of a gallon. Okay, mm-hmm. and liter is the biggest amount of milk that you can get. Mm-hmm. If milk gets sour, you trash it. Plus, it comes in a plastic container, which um, is not good. Those can be used later on to water your yard. There comes mm-hmm. a certain amount of, uh, uh, after after a while, you just do not have as much use for those, these containers anymore. And then on the long run, they just all end up in a trash bin, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be in a plastic container in the very first place. If they would package it in smaller containers, and it could be in little, uh, ter- we call those Terra packs, mm-hmm. and you just fold them up in small packages. You can store them in under your sink, uh, for example, in the kitchen. And uh, once a month, you go to the recycling place and drop them off there, and they can all be recycled. So they can be recycled. Those in can all be recycled. Yeah. So in America, the Terra packs are uh, a little bit more difficult to recycle because we we actually only have a few places in the entire country that will recycle the Terra packs, and that is a, a main uh, source source of production. And I want to to throw out there that so the Terra packs are made of a mix of things. They're made of paper, a thin layer of the plastics, and sometimes they have a little bit of an aluminum alloy in there. But I love that in Germany you take those and you you can recycle them. And in that case they're they're obviously better than plastics. But here it's like we we don't even have the freaking option to What about those glass bottles from the old times? I, that would be perfect. Yeah, what happened to those? I want to bring back the glass bottles for milk. But not the milkman. I'd bring back the milkman if it Why not? A, if, if it gave somebody a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The milk, yeah, I guess. And that will and again that going to kind of goes back to the mindfulness. You know, you're paying it to, like the milkman comes today just like the mailman. Like you're you're mindful of what's coming into your house, and hopefully you're gonna return that glass bottle or whatever he brought you back to it. So it's all about being mindful of like what you're what you're doing on a day to day basis. What about a milk drone? Now uh, we can just have a drone fly the milk in and just drop it down, and that would be fine. I like or, that. I mean, you can do it as my grandchildren do it right now. They live on the countryside in Germany. Uh-huh. And they walk to the farmer with an um, aluminum caden. Really? And then they get it filled up, and then they walk back home with a liter of milk. 
in their hand and um, put it in a refrigerator and there is so much cream on top of it that mama, their mama, fixes butter with the cream. She stirs it up so long that they have butter from the milk that had been brought home by the children oh, after a, a hiking life. trip. This, that sounds, it sounds so... This sounds like... Um, I, I believe like Little House that on the Prairie or something. It yes. sounds blissful, yeah. is yes. what it sounds like. It, 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 yes, it is. It's very picturesque. Yeah, it is a very, cool. very good way of life, and it's a very good way to teach children how to use uh, your resources. Mm-hmm. You're walking together with a family. You're being together. You're doing something active together. You're utilizing something mm-hmm. and. Then you're going back like, oh, man, that sounds blissful to me and, mm-hmm. and very picturesque. That's that's the mindfulness that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what it takes for me to get milk, then hallelujah, let's do it. I will walk to the dairy. Yeah, the distances are just so much different. I want to have heard of uh, um, and, um, a, a friend in Germany. He toured America also, and he said, while I was over there, um, when when you're staying somewhere and you want to go to the grocery store, that's like uh, if you do that here in Germany, you always got to ch- you almost got to change your language because um, the distance is also far. Mm. You know, like <laughs> got to learn French or so. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you do the same distance as the grocery stores are um, away from your home, um, this is just such a big big country. It's a whole continent. Yeah, it's very large. And um, it, the only thing we really can do is we can change our little circle of life mm-hmm. and um, try by a different way of consumption to change the big ones to make them doing the changes. Yeah. But they just are not forced to do anything about it. They could put out paper bags so you can pack your veggies in yeah. paper bags. Dole is one of the biggest provider for fruits and veggies. Plastic and why? Everything. And why is it Dole only? I mean, yeah. that's that's one of the first questions I've got. Why is it Dole only? Yeah, we shouldn't even eat any of Doles anymore. I do not consume any Nestle products since my since thirty. Two years for the last thirty-two years, they tried to buy up all the drinking water, didn't they? And that's what there was a knowledge of mine back in my early twenties that they want to own the world. It definitely was their words and their management that they said we want to own the world, and they are almost there Hmm. because nobody stopped consuming. Uh, everything we consume, whoever we are given our dollar to, we're given the power to them. Mm-hmm. So it must be thought through. Um, yeah, way we, way We better. have to make them responsible. We have to make the manufacturers responsible for what it is they create and the waste that they essentially force upon us. Uh, when you talk about Nestle, uh, there's a book that I, I've started reading called Bottle Mania by Elizabeth Royt. And uh, yeah, so Nestle has been trying to essentially bottle up all the drinking water uh, that 
or all the potable water mm-hmm. that's available. And so it brings to questions of, okay, well, is it is it correct and right to to charge something that is essential for life, such as water? Mm. I would say no. That would be my I, answer. I think a lot of people would say no, right. but when it comes in a nice, neat, bottled plastic mm. form, it's okay. And there's also, you know, it makes you, there's all this propaganda out there against your tap water. And I mean, I, I, I work for the water industry. It's like your, t- your tap water's fine. Like you, you are living in America. You have better tap water than, than most of the world. Uh, and it's something that you should use. And when you have bottled water, there's actually, um, there's unknown compounds in it. And there's been time after time and study after study that there is no difference between tap water and bottled water, bottled water yeah. with the exception that bottled water actually has a lot of unknown, um, chemicals. Yeah. It. And, it, bottled water too is is a another way of of kind of looking at things differently so if you do have a, a um it should it should be used in times of necessity so for example flint flint michigan they have they have bad water that was bad uh, city practices it's just it was just bad so they went they resorted to uh giving everyone bottled water so when you can give someone bottled water it takes away from you looking at how to actually fix the problem because it you don't have to fix the problem when you can just bottle it and provide clean water that way right. and no one thinks about it. it's like well, let's, let's actually fix the problem let's look at the real solution of this and it's 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 a money economic thing of bottling the water. So sorry to go off on that. Well, I believe I believe that um, the way to um, bring awareness to the problem that exists in the consumption is by forcing them to pay separately for each plastic bag that yeah, you yeah. use at the grocery store, charge 10 cents. Mm-hmm. If you have to pay 10 cents for a plastic bag, well, you're pretty sure go home next time and, and, and pack your old plastic bags and bring them back to the grocery store. Gonna think I say make so it 50 cents. I make 50 say that cents. As well. Yes. In Germany, you pay 25 cents for a beer can. Oh. Return fee. You pay 7 cents on a wine bottle. Um, you do not have to pay anything on other bottles there because we have bottle containers where you separate them by colors and then they mail them in and make, uh, I don't really know what they're making of it, but um, that's an easy uh, process just to crunch them and uh, bring them back into, um, yeah, so Back on the market. We used to have that in the States uh, up and until the 60s or mm-hmm. 70s and 80s. And now I think only eight states have it. It's the, Still have it in Washington. the cash return value or the bottle deposit value. And that is essential in, in reducing the waste, making manufacturers uh, responsible for th- their, their waste and increasing recycling up to 80%. I was talking about charging for plastic bags they have in Washington still. And they and, and so they should. And also in Germany, their plastic bags are going to be sturdier and more reusable. 
because here in the States, there's no laws that are encouraging uh, post-consumer plastic bags. Like they, the only thing these manufacturers care about are making them lighter and cheaper and right. putting their name on them. So when the consumer is not being charged to use these plastic bags, those plastic bags are still costing the manufacturer money. So who do you think is going to eat that money? Mm-hmm. It's going to be the consumer. Mm. So um, before I came, before I moved to the United States, the um, the trash problem in Germany had been, um, it's there's always an update. There's always an update. And the very last update that I had followed up with before I left in 2014 was that my trash can, which is maximum for a two-person household as I was, um, it's 12 gallons. It's not bigger. Wow, that's the size of a kitchen uh, tr- trash can. Exactly. It's not bigger. It, w- and it's it smaller, has actually. Scan- the average one is 13 it's, it's gallons. It's very small. And it does have a little scan. You, you go to the courthouse and you buy your annual, uh, you buy with your annual fee um, that's been that's going to be charged. You buy a little scan number, and that scan number is on the side of your trash bin. And then you're getting charged for each lift up. When your scan oh. gets gets oh. read by the machine, by the trash can, uh, uh, by the trash pickup machine, it's a very modern thing. Wow. Um, plus, this all recycling, talking about it being very modern, there's technology behind it. Who's inventing it? Who's creating it? Uh, mechanics, engineers, there is so, this is a 82 billion business mm-hmm. on uh, 8.5 million citizens. Trash How big trash business. business. And we're talking about the updating, um, inventing the, the the scans, and then the scan machines have to be. Um, all, all this is just um, the more it is thought through, the more it opens other doors and options for different facilities and for different um, uh, workspace. Mm-hmm. And um, I love to hear that innovation. That's going into mm-hmm. trash. It's mm-hmm. the first time I've heard about barcodes being put on, mm-hmm. on trash bins. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that idea. Um, and I'm, I'm not really sure uh, if that is working meanwhile. But I do know that they make sidewalks with the plastic bottles mm-hmm. that they use. They shred it, add something to it and make walkways. And bicycle trails and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you can bricks and stuff out of plastics. Right. And That's it, how it's getting recycled instead of sending it back to China as we used to. Right. And so, again, so I, no I want to call attention to that. That would be downcycling. So it's not like something you can recycle again, but we're having to figure out what to do with all of our trash. And so we are literally building our roads and our streets with our trash. Which is pretty cool. It, which is cool, but it's not putting a dent in our consumption. So we have to first look at the reduce and the reuse, which would be our streets uh, in some cases, 
and then recycling. So with that, guys, we're going to wrap up. And this has been Trash Talk with Amber. Thank you, Anita. And thank you, Tara. Yeah, thank you, too. It was fun. It was nice. Yeah, it was very interesting. 